You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing good if you're joining us online, whether you're in an at-home location that's still meeting online, or you're sitting on your couch, or maybe you're in bed, or whatever you're looking at. You know, if you're right now watching with your phone above your face, please don't drop your phone. If you do, text us. We'll have the number online. We will pray for you. Don't worry. That welt will go away. But we also have our in-studio audience for the last week, and I am so excited. Next week, if everything goes according to plan, which we know... uh, Well, we'll just keep praying. Everything goes according to plan. We're going to be jumping into stage four of what we're calling our stages of engagement as a church, where we're opening up our doors to everybody, not just the at-home locations who are helping us test out some of our safety protocols, but to everybody to rejoin us with the proper distances. We're encouraging masks and we're encouraging to promote safety because we believe in you and we want to encourage this environment to be safe for each and every person. But that's also why we are continuing to engage with each of you online. We're going to continue to stream on YouTube. We're going to continue to stream on Facebook and engage with everybody throughout the week. If you're not part of our Facebook groups. We've got a Calvary Classifies and a Calvary Prayer Group. It's a great way to continue to get plugged in. Just leave us a comment, throw us a heart, something, and reacting online. Make sure you can jump in on that. You go to facebook.com slash Calvary Irwin for all the information that you need. But this is our last week of stage three, and we've had our studio audience, which was the participants from our Calvary at home locations, they've been helping us prepare for stage four to make sure all the safety protocols and efforts that we've been putting in have really been tested, tried and true. So we're not finding out next week when everybody's here. But to me, a studio audience isn't a studio audience unless we have cue cards. That's what a studio audience is for me. So... I need everybody's help if you are here. And if you're at home, I want to hear you. You can type this. You can react online with the different emojis. All right. Now. Okay. Now we're going to switch it up. We're going to do one clap. All right. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. All right, you guys got it. I hope you guys are doing that at home. I love that song. How many of you guys have not sung that song in years? And now you're going to go home and say, I hate you, Pastor Dave. I can't get this song out of my head. And I've literally not thought of it for years. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You are very welcome. Uh, if you have any complaints, you can uh, send it right over to the church, uh, info at calvaryirwin.com. If you don't want to clap, that's all right. But otherwise, if I ask you to share, tell me one of your happiest memories of your life. Think about it. What would it be? What would one of your happiest moments be in your life? Chances are it might be from an experience. When you got married, the birth of your child or children, I won't ask you to pick your favorite child. Maybe your your grandchildren graduating from school or some other evidence of your labor or an achievement where you've worked hard and put effort into something. More than likely, though, you would not be telling me or your neighbors was that time you bought that new car or that house or that ice cream cone you got on vacation three years ago. That was my happiest moment in my life. 
You wouldn't be saying those things. And even like Super Bowl season, buying your brand new big screen TV. Do those things bring happiness? In a moment, they can. But they can't be our source of happiness. They do not sustain happiness. And there's this phrase, maybe you've said it, maybe you've held on to it, maybe when I say it, you'll realize you've lived by it, but never even said the phrase. But the phrase goes, God wants me happy. God wants me happy. See, there's a problem with this phrase. God wants me happy. Does God want to see happiness in your life? Yes. But when we say God wants me happy, there's the problem. See, this phrase is unconditional. God wants me happy. It points to my happiness as God's priority. God wants me happy. God wants me to be happy. That makes my happiness God's priority. And we live so much of our lives by saying, well, if it makes you happy, go for it. When it makes my happiness God's priority, I'm missing the point. And it creates a fallacy where if God wants me happy, and how many of us in this room are happy, maybe you're online, drop a heart if you are happy all the time. 100% of the time. None of us. So if we live our lives by saying, God wants me happy, then every time I'm not happy, God is failing. It leaves room in my life to say, God failed me. It leaves room in my life to say, church failed me. Calvary failed me. I tried religion and it didn't work. Because I'm seeking religion, I'm seeking Christianity, I'm seeking Jesus because I need happiness in my life. When I put my happiness above all else, it creates that fallacy that God exists to serve my happiness. And when I'm not happy, God is failing. See the problem there? And here's what we're going to look at, how my joy is through God. And I can rejoice at all times. My joy is through God and I can rejoice at all times. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you open your app or if you brought your paper Bible to Psalms chapter 137. Psalms chapter 137. If you have a paper Bible and you have no idea where Psalms is, chances are if you open up towards the middle of it, you will find it. And we're going to be taking a look at verse 4. And it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Certainly sounds like God wants me to have these things, right? It's the desires of my heart. It's the things that I want. But here's the challenge is, there's a condition. The first part of this phrase, the first part of this verse is a condition. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Not, he will give you the desires of your heart so you can delight in the Lord. We must first delight in the Lord. And he will give us the desires of our heart. But here's, here's the catch. When we truly find delight in the Lord, the desires of our heart will shift. 
they will look different. They will not be what they used to be. So up front and says, oh yeah, well, you know, if I give God my life, he's gonna give me everything I want. But that's not what this says. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But we're not gonna stop there. Let's take a verse back. Take a step back and look at verse three. One, Psalm 137, verse three. And it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Before any of this, we are commanded to do good. We are commanded to do good. Then find delight in the Lord. Because when we delight in God, our desires will honor him. When we delight in God, our desires will honor him where we won't be the Christians, the people that say that I follow Jesus, I believe in God, and then my desires point away from him, I'm not first truly delighting in God. And I wonder why my desires are not being met. See, here's the thing. God wants to see you experience joy. That's throughout scripture. God wants to see you experience joy. But we confuse that with all things that make me happy. And if it makes me happy, then it must be of God. But then if it brings me sorrow, that must be a sign that God is not in that moment. God is not in that relationship. God is not in that situation, that circumstance, whatever it may be. Let's think about it. Why do we sin? Because it brings me Happiness. It brings me a moment of happiness. Right? Would we sin if sin made us not feel good in that moment? No, that would be a whole lot easier to live a sinless life, wouldn't it? But sin, rooted in evil, brings us delight. And the Bible talks about delight in evil. So that is a thing. There is happiness in evil. There is happiness in doing the wrong thing. We need to remember that my joy is through God and I can rejoice in all moments that my happiness is not God's priority. My happiness should not be my priority. Ephesians, if you have your Bibles again, open it up to Ephesians chapter four, verse 22 through 24. It says, but that is not how you came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus to take off your former way of life. The old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. There's that word desire again. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. The old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. See, when we truly delight in the Lord, our desires will no longer be that that points away from God, but points to the truth of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for each of us. Our desires will change when we truly begin to delight in the Lord. And it is no other way through that. 
I love when my desires change. I love when seeing individuals' desires change. Because you know it's that moment that their life was truly given to Christ. It wasn't me just saying it. But they go through that process of saying, God, I'm going to put you first in my life. And every day, take that step to read his word, to pray, to worship. Not just on Sundays at church, but at home, in the car, and talking with our families, and our friends, and our conversations, and our moments when nobody else is around. That we can worship and put God first in our lives. When we do that, we begin to see our desires change, church. That's what it's about. Our desires were changed where it's no longer about my happiness, but it's about God and putting him first in my life and seeing what he has in store for me, not what I have in store for him, not what I have in store for my happiness. Because my joy is through God and I can rejoice at all times. And here's the challenge that we run into. We like the ideas of following Jesus. I like the idea of going to heaven and not burning in hell. Can I get an amen? Throw me a heart button online if you like the idea of going to heaven and not hell. I'm right there with you. So I go to church. I do what I was told to do growing up. I go to church. I pay my tithes. I sing a few songs. And I never open my Bible. I never pray throughout the week unless something really goes bad. I believe in just sections of the Bible. Say, this part's not relevant for today anymore. Or people don't know what that actually means, that this is how this works, and I can continue to excuse the sinful lifestyle that I'm choosing or the sin in that moment that I'm saying, this is fine, Jesus is letting it happen. Because he'll forgive me later. And I can do these acts that deem good. See, that's the problem when we put our happiness before godliness. We miss those moments to allow joy to penetrate our hearts. When we pursue happiness, we begin to excuse the things that displease God because they please myself. I'm going to say that again. When we pursue happiness, we begin to excuse the things that displease God because they please myself. And after all, if it makes you happy, go for it. Right? Wrong. See, God is not our personal genie. God is not our fairy godmother. He is not the person to say, God, this is what I want, make it happen. God does not exist for me. I exist for God. And when we can get that straight, we can move from the moment of saying, God exists for my happiness, and my happiness comes first, and my happiness justifies the wrong in my life and the things that I know that are against the Bible, I am missing it. And I'm going to miss out on the delight of God because I'm trying to reverse the order. Do good. Delight in the Lord. And he will give me the desires of my heart. But we're trying to shape God and our goodness through my desires. Not filter my desires through God's goodness and through God's delight. We get confused with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. No wonder we struggle with it. We're founded on it. We're founded on the pursuit of happiness. And then when unhappiness settles into my life, or I'm repeatedly frustrated with the circumstance that I'm in with work, with a relationship, with my friendships, whatever it may be, then God must not want that moment for me, right? 
God might not want that individual part of my life, right? Here's some common but poor examples. When I choose to sacrifice my marriage because I don't feel like loving my wife today, or I don't feel love, because love is only a feeling, right? When I'm frustrated and aggravated over my circumstances, I can leave my spouse. Now, the Bible's very clear what divorce looks like and what is permissible and what the actions look like. But I cannot use that as the same excuse as saying, well, I'm not happy in this moment, so I'm going to go. That is the specific moment I'm talking about divorce. Nobody read into anything else. I'm talking about saying, well, I'm just not happy right now. I'm not mad at my spouse right now or whatever it is. No, I have no just means but saying, I'm just not happy. I deserve to be happy. Yeah, we do. But that does not mean we break our vows. It does not mean we break true to who we are. The Bible's very clear about it. And if you want to dive into that, I will gladly dive into that with you. What about self-indulgence? Titus 3.3, 3. for we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hate, hateful, hating one another. And lusts are not just sexual lusts. Lusts are desiring after the things that I don't have. And I say, I need this, or I'm going to indulge in this, or I'm going to go up and get more of this in my life just because this makes me feel good, even though I know it's actually not good for me. We're living a sinful lifestyle. And you might jump to a conclusion for one type of lifestyle that's prevalent in today's culture and topics, but it's not just that one thing. When we repeatedly sin and do the same sin over and over and over and over again, it is a sinful lifestyle. The Bible refers to that as habitual sins. Romans 6, 1 through 2 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin, still live in it. In other words, we cannot justify my sin by saying Jesus will forgive me anyways. Because that puts my happiness before my godliness. That puts my happiness over all things. I must delight in the Lord and my desires of my heart will be met, but my desires will be changed when I truly delight in the Lord. And if we test God in that, the Bible's very clear, we do not test God because that in itself is a sin. So if I say, this is okay, it's just a little white lie, it's just a little moment, I'm gonna deal with it and God will forgive me later, shame on us if we ever, as Christians, justify any sin by saying God will forgive me later for it. That is never okay. Our happiness is wrong when it separates us from God. Happiness is goodness, except when it delights in evil. Not all things that bring us happiness are brought to us by God. Because the Bible very clearly goes through this. In Proverbs chapter two, he talks about those who delight in evil. See, because my joy is through God and I can rejoice at all times. God does not want us to be happy when that happiness separates us from him and his love. Further, to be human is to experience these emotions. If the pinnacle of emotions is happiness, 
I'm missing out on the wholeness God created me to experience, on the wholeness of who God made me to be. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about all these different times. And in verse 4, it talks about how there is a time to weep. There is a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. There's wisdom in that. There's a time for each of these emotions. If God wanted us to prioritize our happiness and that was his sole purpose, why would he tell us there's a time to mourn, a time to weep? But for every low moment, there's a high moment, a time to laugh and a time to dance. I don't know about you, but I've never danced when I'm sad. Maybe you have, but I definitely haven't. On top of that, how happy do you think Jesus was feeling when he was dying on the cross, having those nails pierced through his hands and feet? Jesus was wholly human. And there's no way he was feeling happiness in those moments. Jesus would have never endured that pain if life was about happiness. But I guarantee you one thing Jesus was feeling during that. Joy. Because my joy is through God and I can rejoice at all times. And here's the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is about my present reality. It is about what I am feeling right now. Joyfulness is a measure of the heart. It is a choice. Happiness is about my present reality. Joyfulness is the choice of how I will respond in my present reality. So back to our studio audience. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Oh, how many of you guys clapped? <laughs> Let's try that again. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. We feel happiness. We choose joyfulness. When I put my joy above what God has in store, or my happiness over what God has in store for me, I am missing the joy that comes with serving the Lord. When I prioritize my happiness over all other things, I am manipulating who I'm saying God is. And I give permission to say, Jesus didn't work, God didn't work, Calvary didn't work, church didn't work, religion didn't work. But it's not about that, friends. It's not about saying what makes me happy is the right thing to do. Because if that were true, we'd never have to grow. We could just go and live our lives by feelings and emotions in those moments. How many of you know how dangerous it would be to live our lives entirely based off emotional responses? That includes happiness. We see the dangers in joy, or the dangers in sorrow and mourning and grieving and anger, but we fail to see the dangers of living our life seeking happiness there's dangers every moment we're not seeking Jesus first 
God wants to see us have happiness in our lives, but our happiness is never top priority. But we can delight and have that joy in the Lord. Psalm 97, 12 says, rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous and praise his holy name. I can be joyful when I don't feel happy. I can show joy in those tough moments because I can be joyful. I can be hopeful for what God has in store. I can rejoice for what God has done for me that despite my present circumstance, I know what Jesus has in store for me one day as I step through the pearly gates into eternity. And friends, if that does not bring you joy, I want to, in a moment, invite you to bring that joy into your life. Because we have to stop living as if our happiness is the end-all, be-all. Happiness has a place in our lives. It really does. I love being happy. Who doesn't? But that is not what Jesus wants for us. Jesus wants us to experience joy in him. When we choose joy, we reflect who Christ is. But it says in Ecclesiastes, there are times for our other emotions. We cannot live for that one emotion. We have to live for Jesus. God wants to see happiness in our lives. But we live our lives for him. Not for what I feel, but for him. Would you bow your heads with me? For those of you that are watching at home, if you're saying, Pastor Dave, I want to give my life to Jesus to experience this joy, to know how to have joy in a moment when I'm not happy, I want you to text new to Jesus to 55498, and one of us will follow up with you this week and walk you through what that begins to look like. But right now, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing for each person that is watching and engaging on the service, whether it's live or is later throughout this week. God, I ask that you penetrate our hearts in new ways, that you allow us to first to do the goodness, to delight in who you are, that our desires begin to honor you, that we can recognize when our desires take us away, and that we can use that to recognize where I need to delight in you. Allow us to stay sensitive to your word, your will, and your ways for each of our lives to recognize that there's a moment where it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be happy. It's a moment where it's okay to mourn and there's okay to dance. God, we know you want us to experience happiness in our lives, but allow us to never make that our top priority. Jesus, you are our top priority. You are our end-all, be-all. You are our God, our Father, our Savior. Bless each person as we go about our business this week, that we can continue to bring you praise and glory and honor through our words, but also our desires. Keep us healthy and safe until we can gather next week as a church, as we enter into our next stage of engagement. Be with us, and we love you. And we praise you. In your name, everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today for Calvary Online. 
We're so excited to see many of you in person next week as we step into stage four, as we continue to step into talking about our values of who we are as a church, because there's no better time to do that than as we re-engage our community. We're praying for you, and we can't wait to see you next week. God bless. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.